just a few minutes, we'll be right with you with another award-winning, action-packed edition of your Tony Basilio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Tony Basilio welcoming you to another edition. This is your Tony Basilio Show. It's a Wednesday. Dr. Sean Sinclair is in the house. Nick Saban, who looks like he ate a bitter apple, is rocking the mic. He just said a second ago that he likes carrot cake. It's his favorite kind of cake. So the breaking news at the SEC Media Days, so far through uh, two and a half to three days, there's been very little that what, you, what you'd call newsworthy down there. But uh, I did see on the screen a second ago that Alabama, Sean Sinclair will be happy to know this, has picked a win. 11.2 games this year by the ESPN model, Cinco. 11.2 games they're picked to win. I don't know what constitutes two uh, tenths of a, two one hundredths of a win or point two, two. I guess that'd be two tenths of a win. If you could help me out on that, maybe they're picked to win a quarter somewhere along the way. I mean, what have we done to sports, Sean Sinclair? What are we doing, man? I think that's from the same group that uh, suggested a while ago that every couple should have 2.3 kids. So, oh, there you go. So that was, you know, I always thought that would be, well, what, which which third of the kid? That's kind of gross. Right. You know, I don't want to, how do you take care of them? Is there, what do you do that? So I don't know. Brian Hartman, what do you think of the SEC media day so far? Do you feel like we're missing out not being down there, all of us doing the show. We could have all gotten a room. We could be all down there hanging out with plaster. Who asked well, me if I wanted to have a Pat, concerts a and Pat Forty interview? Kind of well, a Pat Forty interview. He, he said, do you want to run my Pat Forty interview? And I just was like, what? No. We, uh, we could be going to concerts and hanging out with... Alyssa Lang, you know, that'd be kind of fun. Well, the hoi polloi, or the, uh, the, the, the jet setters, I should say. Let's, without further ado, though, Sean, let me ask you a question, because there are several questions I have today. I'm going to read to you an illustrious list here, and, um, and I want to ask also the living listener to think about the season ahead and what's going to happen, but I want to ask... Particularly, we start because Tennessee takes the mic tomorrow, and we now know that Tennessee is going to be where Tennessee is, and they're getting ready to take the field here in about six weeks with a really, really bad Virginia team, who I kind of feel sorry for. I think we all kind of feel sorry for them, actually. Uh, we should feel sorry for them anyway. Um. But the question becomes as follows. This is from Brett McMurphy, who's been pumping out some great content. We need to get Brett back on the show. Since Nick Saban, the man of the hour, who's on the mic, Cinco, was hired at Alabama in 2007, only three Southeastern Conference coaches have more than one win against the guy. How good is he? And here's the question. The, the three are Gus Malzahn beat him three times, including the kick six game. Uh, Les Miles beat him somehow three times, which Saban's got to wake up in the morning with his 
performance anxiety stuff that he walks around with, God bless the guy. And it's got to look in the mirror and go, no matter what I do in my life from here on out, no matter what I accomplish, Les Miles beat me three times. The guy that wears a hat that literally looks like he's trying to protect society from the top of his head. And then Hugh Freeze beat him twice, which the Hugh Freeze at Auburn deal now is going to set up a really interesting dynamic. It's always great to have a coach in the 2020s who's not allowed on social media. But that said, Sean Sinclair, here's a question for you for the living listener for Brian Hartman. Alabama's picked for 11.2 wins this year. There's a lot of people including the models of ESPN that are drinking the Phil Steele, what he's cooking up. They think that because Nick Saban's there, that he's just magically going to find a quarterback. I linked today to an article who said Ty Simpson is going to win the job down there. That's what was predicted by one of the beat writers down there. Sean Sinclair, I ask you the following, and I ask the living listener the following. Let's kick it around. Will Josh Heupel join that list this year? Is that, in your humble opinion, in play, yes or no, Sean Sinclair, that Josh Heupel becomes head coach number four to record more than one victory in the Southeastern Conference over Nick Saban, who likes carrot cake? Well, first of all, I I totally lost our... uh our office uh, pool on that because, as you know, I had uh, German chocolate uh, in our pool. German chocolate. But anywho, um, you know, I think it's in play, but I would be surprised if if we beat Alabama down there. Uh, That doesn't, you know, he's, everyone talks about a quarterback, but he's won national championships with average quarterbacks. McElroy is an average quarterback. Interesting. Um, you know, who's the other kid that uh, it was all about his girlfriend when he was there? Uh, I think he might even be in the pros right now. He's in the XFL. Uh, what's what's that guy's yeah. name, Bry? The guy played in the XFL this spring, the former Bama guy? Oh, come on. It's uh, not Catherine Webb's. Catherine Webb's. I can remember the, the girlfriend's McElroy, name. McElroy, no. Is that McElroy? It's not McElroy. No, No, McElroy's on ESPN. Catherine Webb's husband. I still remember her name because of uh, Brett Musburger. John John Parker Wilson. No. No. Wasn't Joker Phillips. Wasn't Coker. Uh, Either way. Anyway. He's he's one big, um, you know, he's he's had uh, had quarterbacks win Heisman's. He's He's had running backs win Heisman. He's had a wide receiver win a Heisman. So, you know, and I think you have to give the devil his due. Yep. Unfortunately, until you prove it. And, can you do that uh, though? Can, can you win? Can, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Can you win a bunch of games in twenty twenty three college football without a AJ top flight? AJ McCarron. Without a top flight court. We. I mean, I remember his wife's name, but not his. And only because of only because of Brent Musburger, who was a complete creep on the air. I'll say this: Is their defense going to be good enough? And that's another to win question. a national championship with an average quarterback. It was when they did it. You tell it me that eleven point three is their expected win total. I'm betting the under. I want to see the uh, point eight loss. 
And, and by the way, what's if, that like? If I bet the under, Bry. If I bet the under, that means I think they're going to lose a couple, and I think the Vols are very much in play in that game. Josh Heupel's got just what it takes. Tennessee's got the wind at their back on this NCAA thing. Now the question is, and I'm just going to put it out here because that's what we do, can a Joe Milton go on the road? His first test is going to be obviously that Florida game. Somebody asked me yesterday, what is the key game on Tennessee's schedule if they're going to surprise? Sean, my answer to that is the A&M game. I think that's a sneaky because I think if, you, if you're thinking, you look at Tennessee's schedule and you pencil in Alabama's a loss, you pencil them in. You pen in Georgia as a loss. You put that one in pen. They're not going to beat them. They could beat. They could beat Alabama. But the one that's kind of scary to me, that's kind of sneaky scary, is A&M because even though I dislike them and I think they're popcorn flatulence historically, and they've proven that so far in the league. Um, my, my feeling about them so far in the league, it's it's pretty much borne out. They're, the hype around whatever it is they do, does not. it's not commensurate with what they've accomplished. It's just not throughout the history of their school. And they've lived up to that so far. They've been overrated, quite honestly. I think it's fair to. I think it's fair to have. Um, I, I don't think reservations or anything, like that, but I think it's fair to say, "Hey, let's let's see what Joe Milton can do," um, because um, you know I'm not going to throw up anything negative about him. I, he had a he had a fantastic game against Clemson. Clemson has NFL talent, um, uh, but the Florida game, um, they still have talent down there. Um, he's going back home. Um, that's a place where only Casey Clawson really has found sustained success as a quarterback. And I, you know, and and I think it's you know this team. Uh, didn't handle the road great last year, like in Georgia. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Can he do it? Sure he can. I think that the thing that bodes well is you take a look at, um, you know, everybody will point to Jalen Hyatt. Well, what are they going to do without Hyatt's five touchdowns here and there? I'm st- I still think that, and I appreciate Jalen Hyatt, but I think Squirrel White makes every single one of those plays Jalen Hyatt made last year. I really do. And so I'm not – can can Joe Milton make a play out of nothing without a strong arm, and can he get you out of a bad play or a bad play call? I think those questions are absolutely still unanswered. And I think that's real. I think what you're I saying – Because, you, yeah. don't, you know, it's not, this is not punt, pass, and kick. Absolutely not. It's not – it is great to have a strong arm, but you know, like me back in the day, you know, I could drive the golf ball pretty darn far. Yep. However, it was it was two holes to the left or two holes to the right. Doesn't really matter. Uh, so we'll see. And one thing I do know is that no matter who's quarterback, Josh Heifel will have wide open receivers 
all over the place. And um, it, it worked well, uh, you know, against Clemson. So I, I'm optimistic about Joe Milton. I'm not, I'm not pessimistic. I'm optimistic. Here's what I'm wondering, and I wanted to get into this. I was going to get into this yesterday, and then I thought, you know what? <clears throat> yesterday, I'll, I'll let Matt Dixon get in his wheelhouse and rip some of those national media people. By the way, you know, the Jeremy Pruitt thing, we, ought to, we all need to kind of rethink that a little bit because apparently he went, well, the new Sentinel said, that he went before the committee and said, "Man, take it easy on them. Don't don't bowl, don't don't give them a postseason ban." Maybe Pruitt is a good. Maybe maybe he handed that woman that money after all because he's really a good dude. Like Kelly Holcomb told me yesterday. Maybe at the end of this, we'll just look at him and go, "You know what? That's just a guy who should never been hired and shouldn't have been in that spot." But we shouldn't. We shouldn't ridicule him the way we now butchie boy we're always going to ridicule but maybe we need to rethink scully cinco here's the question tomorrow at sec media days when the vols go the media is going to be talking about whom but at the end of the year they're going to be talking about whom who is a who is somebody that nobody's talking about right now on that roster that at year's end we will be discussing because you you said it last year one of those wide receivers was absolutely the answer to that last year so who who would be your pick and i'll throw that out to the living listener as well at 865-200-5402 plus nick saban's on the mic today they're picked for 11.3 wins or 11.2 wins by espn's models do you believe the Tennessee game is in play this year? Because the experts around college football seem to not think that's the case. I seem to think it is. Even though I don't know how much I trust Joe Milton, which I just say that out loud because that's what we do here. And both those, by the way, both of those ideas can exist and, and exist compatibly, I believe. Sean, who are we talking about? Who are we talking about right now? And then who are we going to be talking about next year or at the end of the year? What what springs to mind for you? I think that we're all talking about Joe Milton right now uh, for obvious reasons. It's a quarterback-friendly offense. Every quarterback that's been in the system has has shined. Uh, so I think that's an – and then also you have the, the unknown. So – I think that's the low-hanging fruit. At the end of the year, even though I don't think he's a great back, I think we're going to be talking about Jalen Wright uh, because I think he, I think he has a chance to have a Tony Thompson type season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a bigger kid now. He's fast. Uh, he will never be confused with Emmett Smith, Chuck Webb, Barry Sanders, anything. But he's the type now that the way we spread the field, all he's got to do is get a crease and he's gone. Uh, he's not LaMarcus Coker in that respect, but I do think that, I think that barring injury, I think that Jalen Wright could, could, um, get close to that thousand yard mark. And then at the end of the year, I think that's someone you're talking about. Question for you. Gentleman called the show the other day. Was talking about the back that Tennessee and Arkansas are fighting over in the recruiting trail right now. 
And I have a question. I've asked Exodus. I'm going to ask you this. Why is it that an offense as a running back friendly as this offense is in an era? If you look at the NFL right now, there's a big brouhaha over the fact that pay-wise, running backs, that whole position's been devalued. From the time you and I were watching football till now, nothing has have we seen like the fall of the running back. But in Josh Heupel's offense, there is ample opportunity for running backs, more than ample opportunity for, like you just said. Matt Dixon calls it a running offense. He said, really, the misnomer about this thing is that it's like an air raid. It's not. If you're a running back, you're going to get tons of opportunity to shine, which is why your answer is so great. Why, Sean, have they been unable to land one of those household guys in recruiting? What, what do you think the answer to that is? First, I don't. Uh, I think the um, I think the young man that went to um, went to Arkansas would be surplus uh, to requirements, as they say. He's a nice back. He's a good back. Um, but I don't. I you know you have you have Khalifa Keith coming in this year, uh, who's a big back, who's a uh, who's a guy that can uh, change. You know, get you that yard, uh, punch it in. So you have that kind of covered. Seldon's. Kind of that, much more athletic, much more. So it, it would have been nice to have him. Uh, the the angst of not getting him, I, I never understood. Uh, he's not he's not a dynamic back. Uh, but anyway, I think the deal here is that those those tight backs usually go to where where the offense features them. You know, in the old style, it would be the I formation at Nebraska, somewhere else like that. Um, now Ohio State gets them. Alabama gets them. Certainly they're uh, a different one. But my question to you would be, okay, let's see you get, let's say you get one of these five-star backs, okay? How much, how much more are you getting in this offense from that? It would be interesting to say, well, just plug and play a uh, five-star into what we have now, and my goodness, they could get that much more. I'm not sure that's the case. I think they would get what they get, and they'd break more tackles. They'd probably house a couple of more here and there. But are, they, are you really getting that much more? And that's why I think the NFL has done that. I think, I think that a running back is a running back. And the way we use them, uh, you want to make sure your guy can pick up a blitz. You want to make sure your guy can uh, catch a ball out of the back uh, field, uh, can block a little bit, and they can get and move the chains. But I'm not, I'm not so sure the days of Herschel and Bo and uh, George Rogers, um, you know, uh, uh, White out at USC. I'm not sure those days are here anymore. Oh, no, they're long gone. Um, they're long gone to the point where if you look at the last several NFL drafts, used to be the sexiest position and one of the higher-paying positions on the field was the running back. Next to the quarterback, he was the guy who had the ball in his hands. Now it's satellite players. Now it's the exact opposite. And well, if you take a look at our class yeah. right now and the way it, who yeah. knows what will happen. But, yep. Yep. you know, today, today Tennessee is likely to get one of the top wide receivers in the country in Mike Matthews. Who knows? I mean, anything can happen, but that's, that's what it looks like. So you got that. So you add him in. Um, 
you know, is he more wide open uh, than Ramel Keaton? I don't know, but he he's a very dynamic player. You got you got the best quarterback from last year on your team. Uh, I don't care what the Manning say. You got the best quarterback in high. You got that, and then also what we're doing is I'm so excited about the corner next week. You may get Kai Bates, who's a another long athletic cornerback. So sure, the traditional thing of you know we want this guy, we want this guy. I get it, but and I'm not saying it's wrong, but I really like what they're doing now because the satellite guy, the pass rushers, they're four deep and they have a great shot at Danny Okoye, another long pass rusher from the Midwest. They they're they're stacking up six feet uh, and and taller cornerbacks. Um, they're getting athletic linebackers. Um, the rest of the guys. You know, I'm not so sure you need five-star offensive linemen to run this offense because he, he certainly never had it at Missouri. He never had it at uh, UCF. Uh, he did Well, he had Darnell Wright, I give you that. Uh, but he made that. He and Nellery made that. So uh, I think it's a different time, a different offense. I think what's interesting, and I've always thought this about recruiting, is that fans – focus on the guys that get away and not the guys you get. Because I think one thing that's really interesting about, um, and and I, I'm not nuanced to enough to get this, but from, a, from my perspective, you talk about who we're talking about now, what we'll be talking about. I think one of the themes... And I want to hear from you at 865-200-5402 as we unpack it today on the air. And uh, this is one of those days where we get kind of nitty-gritty with you. I think one of the themes with Tennessee's secondary is a little too old, a little too unathletic. That's a theme around this team right now. It's one of the things you're talking about. I don't think that'll be a theme by year's end. I don't think that's a theme that we'll be discussing by year's end. I I, I kind of get the sense that they're going to find some kids that can play. And this might be a season of youth in the secondary. So we'll kick that around as the show unfolds. Love to hear from you. Who are we currently talking about? All eyes are on this player, this posi- whatever it is, this position. But come... The end of the season, this is what we'll be talking about. What do you think? One of the greatest things about college football to me, especially at a place like this, are the unknowns. Who would have ever thought last year? Who would have ever thought last year that a seldom used wide receiver was not only going to have a good year but win the Blitnikoff Award? What do you think the odds would have been on that before last year's before the season last year? I mean, you talk about a guy that was off the board. He was like off the planet. 
Brian, do you think anybody thought that was going to happen? And like Sean said, I'm not knocking the kid, but if Tillman didn't get hurt, would that have happened? No. So the thing about this hypo era is, is that you have to open yourself up to the possibilities because if you're on that roster, it's possible. Like Sean was talking to the Selden guy. This guy's got um, that Swiss Army knife capability. And guys like that, you know, you don't bet against those dudes on these offenses. Some kids are going to emerge on that defense this year. It's got to happen. There's opportunity for them. There's too many. I mean, I don't mean to say what. There's too many older guys that just don't run well that are still there in the secondary. The youth has to be served here. I know that doesn't sound... uh, I mean, look, I'm an older guy that doesn't run well, so takes one to know one. One of the things I love about this Heupel guy, though, is if it's on that roster, they're going to find it. And I think they're going to give you an opportunity. That's another thing we've learned. If it's on the roster, they're going to find it, and they're going to give you an opportunity. We're going to come back. I want to hear from you and also get some more thoughts from Cinco. Nick Saban likes carrot cake. Who knew? Which means, Bri, that Nick Saban has something in common. What's our caller, Bri, that likes carrot cake? I keep forgetting. We're not in love anymore, Michael McDonald. Does, uh... Us. Who is it, Bri? Former AMC stars. Who is it? Does Nick Saban also like the 1940s through 1960s Turner Classic movie regulars? I think think that caller known as Titans Bill just got low-key cracked on by Brian Hartman as we continue on the other side right after this. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. 
Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. 
We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this Southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Gypsy Kings featuring Tonino Baliardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com. A loud and live production. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Cinco's back with us together again. Greg Luca now joins, and then we'll go to the phones. Greg Luca is a gentleman who does not live on your second floor, though his name is Luca, but he loves Haley Williams from Paramore. To some of our listeners in the mid-state, Haley, of course, a mainstay in the Mid-State. Greg Luca, tell the living listeners you cover UTSA, Texas San Antonio, a formidable opponent on Tennessee's schedule this year, a two-time defending conference champion. They have the strap, and Greg Luca knows what that means, as he's also an Adam Cole fan as well. And Greg Luca, you also went to the University of Florida by way of Connecticut, what in the world are you doing in San Antonio covering Texas San Antonio, and do you enjoy it as I welcome you in? Where is Greg Luca? Oh, I'm sorry. That's, that always helps, Greg, when we do that. Greg, welcome in. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing – I appreciate you having me, and I love this intro. I, I You covered all the important things about me right up front. So <laughs> excuse me. You know uh, – in sports writing, you go where the job is. So I started in the Rio Grande Valley, which is a few hours south from here, right on the on the border with Mexico, and ended up getting this job here. And I've loved it ever since. UTSA has been a fun program to cover because of where they started a few years ago with being still a relatively young football program and being able to cover this rise that they've had now under Jeff Trailer to where you actually did, you know, like you remarked, they're a formidable opponent even for a school like Tennessee now, which would not have been the case, I think, when they signed the contract to play this game. What has Jeff Trailer done right? and gotten right that maybe his predecessor, Frank Wilson, who Tennessee fans are familiar with several years ago, Frank was on um, a staff here and ended up leaving to go down to LSU and kind of bounced around but ended up getting a head coaching job there and an opportunity at Texas San Antonio. Tell us about Jeff Trailer, his approach, and why he's been so successful there. Yeah, I think it was surprising to a lot of people. Certainly he was not a big name at the time that they landed him to be the head coach. And I think depending on who you ask, there might have been a few other people ahead of him in line who didn't end up connecting with the job, either because they weren't interested or maybe the money wasn't right or whatever the case. So they end up bringing in Jeff Trailer, whose most notable experience was as a high school coach in a small program in Gilmer in East Texas where he coached for 15 years and won three state championships and brought a lot of that 
mentality to the college game, which I think, you know, from his opening press conference, a lot of people probably had their doubts when he, when he talks about just culture and, you know, loving the players and building that, that team mentality and family and all these things that are kind of cliche in a lot of ways, but they just sort of resonated with the players in this program. And maybe it's because they're all Texas high school football kids at heart, or maybe it's just because UTSA needed something like that to really set the foundation here. But People have latched onto it, and they have a lot of talented players, a lot of whom were recruited under Wilson and, and stayed because they got to know Trailer and they liked what he had to offer. And so it's just been a, a quick rise under him. They had like a 7-5 and five season, and then since then, a couple of years, they were in the mix for the national rankings and talking about potentially having some undefeated conference runs and going all the way to those two championships that you mentioned. And they have two consecutive um, league championships, which doesn't happen accidentally. Um, but you talk about how Frank, Frank Wilson, when he was here, his brief time, and when he was in the Southeastern Conference, was known as an excellent recruiter. And they basically, to put, when you're trying to cobble together a, uh, a roster at a spot like that, which is just appears out of the blue, uh, you have to be resourceful. I mean, there's got to be some great backstories on some of the kids that ended up there, I would think. Yeah, and it's interesting because especially looking ahead to American Athletic Conference Media Days are next week, and the two players that are going to represent UTSA, quarterback Frank Harris and safety Rashad Wisdom, are both local to the San Antonio area. So they've been able to find some success with some local guys as well. The starting tight end is from here, and there's a few others uh, starting defensive tackle who are you know, local products who are now standouts on the team. And Frank Harris in particular is a fascinating story at quarterback because He's dangerous in that he's got a few years of experience under his belt, and he presents a dual threat with his ability to, to run the ball as well as make some, make a lot of different throws. He doesn't have that NFL arm strength that allows him to get the zip on some of these like 15-yard out routes, but he has the timing down because he's been in the system for so long that he can complete any throw that they need him to in this offense, and he's been adaptable when the offensive line had a lot of injuries and they had to go to like a short, quick passing attack just to make sure he wasn't constantly under attack. But that they were able to make that work. So he's going to be a player to watch for, for Tennessee. He scares me. <laughs> he's a very good college quarterback, you know. And one of the things I despise about the sport when I'm watching it is they always talk about who's a pro prospect. That does not matter when you're watching a college football game. What matters right. is how do you function on that field. And for him, he functions very well. It was almost a foregone conclusion at the end of the year last year that he was going to transfer. Why didn't he? Yeah, it was an interesting conversation because he's been through a lot in his career, starting with ACL injuries to both knees that cost him the start of his career, missed two straight seasons, and then he had a his first year as a starter, he played four games and then had a shoulder injury that, that knocked him out for the rest of that season. So for him, it's been a battle just to get on the field, and I think it makes him more grateful for the opportunities that he has. And in this current era, when you see a player have the level of success that he had, you do wonder if he's going to be able to cash in and and maybe look for a better opportunity to stand out more and make some more money somewhere else. But he was able to find what he looked for here in San Antonio. There was a, a new NIL collective that popped up basically with the primary mission of supporting keeping him, and they were able to offer him a six-figure deal to stay in town and continue to play here. And Again, I bet if you looked around hard enough, you could have found somebody else who would pay him a little bit more, but he's got, you know, the 210 area code for San Antonio tattooed on the back of his leg. Like, this is an important place for him, and he grew up here, and he loves representing the city and this area. So they were able to do enough that combined with him just kind of wanting to be here and obviously having a pretty good experience so far that he stayed. 
you mentioned experience. Texas, uh, th- that roster is kind of loaded with veteran players, aren't they? Which is another reason why this is sort of a dangerous game because, and by the way, Texas San Antonio falls on Tennessee's schedule in kind of an odd place if you look at it. And that is a team that's won two consecutive Sunbelt championships that's gone to the AAC, and they're going to go there to win that league. They're not going to go there just to kind of play out the string here and 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 be one of those teams They're, that's a dangerous football team this year tell me about their experience number of returning players uh, unpack it for us yeah it, you can go across the roster and they have a ton of guys who have contributed their their starting running back is going to be savorian barnes who came on as a freshman last year and became conference usa's freshman of the year at wide receiver was the one place where they lost their top target to a transfer to Ole Miss, and I think there was probably some NIL dealings that were in play there that played a role in that. But the rest of the receiving group is back. You have DeCorian Clark, who he's recovering from an ACL tear kind of mid-last season, so we'll see if he's 100% ready to go right out of the gate. But he's the best NFL prospect on the roster if he's healthy. And then Joshua Stephens is another returning starter at receiver. And because they had so many injuries on the offensive line last year, now that is a highly experienced group with a lot of different options and flexibility should people go down. Now it's guys who are returning all-conference guys, like right tackle Makai Hart, and then you have guys who stepped into roles last year, like uh, Ernesto Almaraz is going to be able to play his more natural position at center, so that group is very solid. Defensive line has always been maybe the deepest group on the team, and they feel great about having essentially their top nine, maybe nine out of ten, coming back up front. The inside linebacker, they have a four-year starter, Outside linebacker, they have a little bit of turnover, but they have a guy who was a freshman All-American, depending on who you ask, at outside linebacker slash pass rusher last year. And safety with Rashad Wisdom, who I mentioned will be representing the team at Media Day, coming back from injury, has been a standout defensively for as long as he's been here. And they feel good about the cornerback position, too, with uh, West Virginia transfer Nick Fortune looking like one of the top corners in the league after coming into the Conference USA last year. And then... Uh, a couple guys developing on the other side. So really just top to bottom, it's a pretty loaded roster, and I think there's some questions about resources-wise, how do they stack up to some of the top teams in the AAC, but right away coming in here and the ability to hold off some high-impact transfers and, and bolster the roster the way they did, this team should be very strong this season. They'll be picked near the top of the league when that comes out next week. Is that our Martavius French on that roster that I'm looking at there? Yeah, indeed. Okay, he started his career at Tennessee and. There was some off-the-field incidents that he ended up transferring down to the junior college level and then landed here at UTSA, and he will be in the mix to start at linebacker. He got in the he got in the rotation some last season. He didn't play a ton of snaps, but he was out there a decent amount. I think there was still some learning to do both about that, that culture of the program. Like I mentioned at the top, that can be a little bit different for a lot of guys, especially coming from outside Texas. And I think over time he sort of bought into that and started to get more and more comfortable here. And I think it's translated into potentially being a guy who could start next season and could be on the field quite a bit when they play against the Volunteers. And I know we asked him about it this spring, and he said that's the game he's he's already got his eye on and had circled on the calendar. So that'll be really interesting to see if he ends up earning that spot. You know, that's kind of fun. Um and always love to see a guy do the most with his second chance he got. You mentioned how he's not a Texas kid, which means culturally it's different. Explain that to the uninitiated, and what percentage of that roster uh, are Texas kids? As I want to remind the listener here that we're visiting with Greg Luca, who covers Texas San Antonio 
for the Express News uh, down in San Antonio. What what percentage of that roster comes from that little area there, if you want to explain it to us? Yeah, I think they broke this streak during the most recent recruiting class, but it was four years of Jeff Trailer where they had recruited exclusively Texas high school players. They hadn't had to look out of state at all for a high school prospect. And that doesn't mean they're close to players from outside the state, obviously. In this era of the transfer portal, they have found... You know, either whether it's guys like Martavius French or some starters at other positions, like I mentioned with Nick Fortune coming from West Virginia, who have come from outside of the state. But generally, when you look at the high school ranks from what we have in the San Antonio area, which is maybe not the most elite prospects, but you don't have to go that far to get to Houston, where you have a ton, and Dallas, where you have even more than that. And so there's really not a whole lot of need to be looking outside of that area, especially when you have a coach who has a background in East Texas like Jeff Trailer does, who's going to pluck some of the maybe smaller, more unknown guys from these tiny communities just because he has such strong Texas high school coaching relationships. And then that obviously bridges all the way out to the West, too. So, you know, under Frank Wilson, there was some LSU connection, like you mentioned, and he looked to New Orleans and pulled some guys from there as well as what he did in the state of Texas. But with, with Trailer, it's been very much focused on on keeping things in state. And that, that culture piece, I think, comes from Trailer's time coaching at Gilmer and bringing that they, they talk about every week about their culture pillars, the things they believe in here and how they want to live, you know, on and off the field. And again, it's all really, really cliche. And I wasn't sure if I should believe in it or make that much of it, but it's, it's as good of a sign as any or as good of a reason as any to explain the kind of success that they've had here so quickly. How many of the guys we'll see on the field in, in Nealon Stadium are Frank Wilson guys? You know, it's a good question. I'd have to go back and do a real count, but I think a lot of the standouts that I mentioned, like Frank Harris and Rashad Wilson right away, the two guys who are going to be the leaders of this team, are guys who are recruited under Frank Wilson. Really, anybody, a lot of the seniors, so I think the receivers I mentioned, we're starting to see some of Trailer's guys come in here, like the running back was one of Trailer's recruits from a from a small town in East Texas, and that's the kind of guy that he's going to be able to get. But across the board, it's, it's getting to the point where it's pretty mixed. Uh, the, there's a four-year starter at linebacker who is, one of Trailer's first recruits, Jamal Ligon. I think he might have been the very first recruit because he tra- he played for uh, Trailer's brother at their that that high school in the Dallas area. So it's really starting to get transitioned over, but there are still a few holdovers and, and some central guys on the team who came in under Wilson. Greg Luca joining us on, on the program, uh, talking about Texas San Antonio, who I, I got to tell you is. Uh, is a game when you originally schedule it, you do not think they're going to be as formidable as they are. When they look at Tennessee, and we had Phil Steele on here a week or so ago, and, and he said that his line in that game something like 17, which in college football means a game like that's you know borderline in reach for an upset. Mm. Um, do you feel like... San Antonio has enough players to go on the field with the Tennessee and, and, and win one of these games? It's an interesting question, and it's funny that you mentioned that for Tennessee, the perception of the game has changed, because I think that's true on the other side, too. At the time that they scheduled this, UTSA was still trying to get a new facility built for, for on-campus you know, practice center, locker room space, kind of athletics headquarters, if you will, and, and I think they were looking to collect these guarantee checks any way they could, and now... Now that game is actually looking like something that's a worthwhile experience just from a competition standpoint. And certainly, yeah, that 17, I guess, seems kind of fair. We'll see how everything changes from now until then. But we saw last year when UTSA played against Texas that there is an ability to sort of hang around and play with these guys in stretches, but the size and the 
athleticism and particularly the depth that these teams have when you're at the very top of one of these bigger leagues is just different. And I think that over over time that sort of takes a toll and can, can have a cumulative effect in the game. So I don't think it's going to be necessarily easy, of course, for UCSA to try to stay competitive, especially against, I mean, I don't know what Tennessee's going to be ranked coming into the year, but it seems like they're certainly on track for a top 10 at, at the very least kind of consideration. So this is one of the elite teams in college football, and it's asking a lot for UTSA to stay competitive. But for a half or for maybe even three quarters, I think they have enough sort of experience. They should be pretty comfortable going into a, a raucous environment, and, and we'll see how long that can translate. I really appreciate you taking some time for us. Tell me about your love of Haley Williams and Paramore. How many times have you seen them? I actually just about a week and a half ago saw them in Austin, and that would have been about I think it's the twelfth time. I should have a firm count. What? I and I uh, it was funny because I took a vacation to Florida to visit some family there, and uh, I made sure I fit in a concert in Orlando too. So that's two for this tour. So yeah, that's about kind of uh, that's about where I'm at with that. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty big passion of mine. Haley basically raised me from the, the last fifteen years or so. So very very grateful for her and love that music. So I will be there anytime there's an opportunity. Three favorite uh, Haley Williams tunes. Oh, my God, I wasn't prepared. Ignorance was always my number one favorite. I think uh, Fake Happy from After Laughter is one that always stands out to me. And then there's nothing wrong with going with the hits. I think Ain't It Fun is a great song, the one that most people probably are familiar with from Self-Titled that won the Grammy that year. Yes, that's that's the uh, Living in the Real World tune for the Uninitiated. That's the one. She can really sing. She's great live. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible experience. Yeah. I keep going back. It's always nice to meet another fan. I forgot that in Tennessee there's probably a little bit more of that. Well, I, you know, I, I haven't seen them live. I've seen clips of them live. And as somebody that plays music, you can always tell the real from the fake by when they pull you outside of that studio and the tricks. She can really belt. And the, and the band around her is really good, too, but she's really a star. Yeah, whenever they release some of that stuff where it's the vocals, just like yeah. the original right. copies, unfiltered or anything you hear live, it's always incredible. Greg Luca, thank you. Anything else you'd care to add about Texas San Antonio or maybe running 5Ks down in uh, down in San Antonio? That seems kind of crazy. You must love the heat. Yeah, well, I'm trying to get used to it. It's uh, It never gets easier, especially this week we've been, I think they said it's 12 straight days, we've been over 100. So we're in the midst of a pretty significant heat wave, just like everybody else right now. So just trying to survive. But, yeah, keep an eye on us at the Express News, and hopefully maybe leading up to the game we'll uh, we'll chat again and get the ground set for what we're going to see here. And maybe by between now and then you'll see Paramore per- like two or three more times. <laughs> that would be the dream, wouldn't it? Thank you, my brother. Have a Dwight Gooden. You too. All right, Greg Luca, one more time. Brian Hartman, are you familiar with Haley Williams and Paramore from down in the mid-state? I am not. Brian Hartman, does Texas San Antonio concern you in the least, or do you find them to be a team that Tennessee will absolutely hammer? I am concerned about an experienced quarterback who's had success, who's a two-time conference champion facing Tennessee secondary. And the question marks that will still surround the back line of defense for the balls. So that, that part does concern me. I don't think it'll be a complete route, but I believe sometime in the fourth quarter that 
you can breathe. You'll be able to breathe and not be nervous. Cinco, back in the day, I had a server who told me we have two different types of salad dressing. We have ranch and French. And I'm wondering what you remember about Martavius French, if anything. Uh, Martavius French came in uh, high school teammates of uh, Bryson Eason, Boom. who's a defensive lineman, and then to Marion McDonald, who's our who's been a starter for us on defense the past couple of years. Uh, there were some off-the-field stuff that went on. I think it was best for him to move on. The other two elected to stay. And I don't think, not implying they were involved, but um, I'm glad things are working out for him. Yeah, it's always good to see a guy get a second chance. And, you know, it kind of shows you the, the level of talent they have at a place like that, that he played sparingly last year. Look, a team that wins the Sun Belt twice in a row, you've got to be paying attention when you play them. You've got to go out and give it a, a professional effort. Which, under this coaching staff, I have no doubt they'll do that. But, uh, you know, teams like that that are, you know, that have that sixth year quarterback, that kind of COVID thing, and he's still out there doing it, and they paid him a pretty decent amount of money to stay around, even though physically, as he said, he's kind of what you were describing earlier when you were talking about Milton. You know, it's one thing to have the strong arm. It's another thing to to have the one million percent grasp of what you're trying to do out there, as that kid does, his counterpart from Texas San Antonio. Yeah, and I, you know, I've had the, I really, you know, we kind of rip uh, Manning every once in a while for being in everything, but I've been watching the, the series quarterback that he's producing. Yeah, and uh, what an excellent series and in the end one of the guys they're highlighting is Kirk Cousins who's always been you know he was behind RG3 and then he's kind of bounced around but the guy's not compared to me he's an incredible athlete of course right but in that in that reference uh he's he's you know a below average athlete in the NFL however he he manages everything well and you know that's Arm talent, which is, a, a, I think it's the silliest phrase I've ever heard. Arm talent, arm talent, arm talent. They always talk about that. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't matter if, if, if how far you can throw it, you know, if you can't get the playoffs, if you can't get away from a blitz, et cetera. So uh, kudos to Peyton and his team if he's involved in putting that together. But, um, yeah, a guy like that, we saw that uh you know, he hasn't done well, but in the pros, but the, the kid from Pitt a couple of years ago, um, a kid that knows how to move the ball around can do some damage. Well, the craziest thing about arm talent, I, I think back to when we were kids, there was a guy on campus named Lloyd Kerr who was insane. Yeah. I mean, he could throw the ball. Cinco, it's, it's insane how well that dude could throw the ball. Um, Unfortunately, well, he didn't have a, he, I mean, he, he didn't have a Milton type arm, but we've had those guys. Moses Collins back when Moses C. In school, uh, um, uh, you know, a lot of those guys. That, that's the difference between 95% of players that have big arms and Tony Robinson. That's and right. Tony Robinson had a big arm, uh, had great legs, but could also manage a game. That obviously didn't manage his life 
great, but he could manage a game. Um, and so, yeah, but arm talent, that, I, that's, that, that kills me every time I hear that. Arm talent, arm talent. Tyler Bray, arm talent. Right? Tyler Bray, great example. Great. Nobody threw the ball better than Tyler Bray. I'm not sure if we've ever seen anybody here. Him and Joe Milton in a throw-off would be fun to watch. As uh, I, I think, think, uh, I, think yeah. uh, I think Ames could give him a run for his money. Another guy. Arm talent. Greg yep. Luca. I want to thank him one more time for appearing on the TLD Logistics Hotline online at tldlogistics.com. The SEC Media Days are going on in Nashville. They'll be down in Texas next year because it's all better in Texas, bigger in Texas, whatever it is. I think it's incredible when you stop and think about a Texas-San Antonio just come rising out of the ashes. There's that many players in that region. The guy doesn't even recruit, essentially, in high school out of the state of Texas, the trailer guy. For four years now, they've recruited exclusively high school kids. And then they take, you know, and then they a program like that's going to have to use the transfer portal and sprinkle in. Guy, every, everybody does it. Telling you, that Texas San Antonio team's pretty darn good. They're uh, they're they're semi fun to watch as well, which doesn't hurt. We'll continue. I'd like to hear from you at eight six five two hundred five four zero two. I'm just going to say it again for Cinco: arm talent, arm talent, arm talent. As we continue with more after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late-model, low-mileage, one-owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby, king of the precious stones, for its rarity, hardness, second only to diamonds. We have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings, modern and antique. If you were born in July, we'll take 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224.
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett & Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big, no tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113 or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. July is Beef Month in Tennessee, recognizing one of the state's largest and most important industries. Our state's 37,000 cattle producers are contributing to the state's economy, conserving natural resources, and providing a high-quality protein for people to enjoy. The Murray County Farm Bureau salutes our beef farmers for their commitment to producing a healthy and sustainable food choice. Beef is a good source of 10 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, iron, and zinc. Join us in celebrating July Beef Month in Tennessee. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. DB back with you, 865-200-5402, we welcome you back. And we're talking about, you know, looking at that Texas San Antonio team we just talked about a second ago, and then I, by the way, 865-200-5402, if you want to join Cinco, people get mad at me because I'm I'm just not ready to go, okay, we have we're solved at starting quarterback this year. Maybe. I'm hopeful. I'm for it, not again it. Maybe. But I'm not all the way there. Kind of what you uh what you were saying on the air, but some people would say, Well, why why do you, why would he say that about the Russell kid? But uh, let's talk. Let's let's unpack that here. Well, we were talking about uh, off the air, or I, I don't know when the the pre-production meeting got so long this morning. I, yeah. I got what we my bad man. Off, but, yeah, my bad. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, we were talking about pitching in the Holman and, and AJ Russell, and everyone's putting him in, you know, the starter. But you know, I was like, ah, I, you know, he looks good. And then we started talking about Joe Milton, and, and I think the 
there's a word I think that's appropriate that's not a criticism, and the word's unproven. And, you know, it doesn't take long to prove, but unproven's a very fair word. It's not a criticism. It's not a, it's not a crack, a cut, you know, uh, doesn't diminish anyone's ability. But until you're placed in those positions and you're effective, I think it's unproven. I think, the, I think that's a very fair. I think even you know, I'm, I'm looking through the net right now, and uh, and there uh, someone has a a uh, they're talking about hypo, talking about uh, uh, there's a story on Volquest right now. The headline I don't I haven't read it. Said hypo talking about Joe Milton's ability to run. Quote something we got to see when we kick off. So even at that, you know, it's it's not just because you're six five, built like a statue, not yep. as you know, built built like, like a, a truck, built like a, a a bit like a god, yes. and uh, and they're athletic. Uh, doesn't doesn't mean you're a great runner. Uh, I would I would suggest that you know, and I and I was short sighted on him, but Josh Jobs is one of the most effective runners I've ever seen at Tennessee, and um, I, I certainly don't think anyone's going to confuse. I would consider the more athletically gifted Joe Milton with Josh Jobs as a runner. So, and then I'll go back to my theme from earlier in the show in 865-200-5402. Tomorrow in Nashville, they'll be talking about blank, but at the end of the year, we'll be talking about blank. Cinco said it's one of those wide receivers. He thinks that, um, or no, he said one of the running backs, one of the running backs. My answer was that we're talking about kind of a slow and lumbering secondary. By the end of the year, not one, but two younger players are going to emerge and are going to take jobs from those veteran players. That's going to happen this year as part of that class. Now, we don't know who. We don't know what it's going to look like. That's my uh, prediction. Uh, and, and one thing I like about the hypo regime is that guys will get opportunities. Guys will absolutely get opportunities. And so get ready. Get ready to be surprised. And one of the things I pointed out um, in the last hour was, you could have never predicted last year that the kid that ended up winning the Blitnikoff Award was going to be the kid that won it because nobody in their right, nobody, and I mean nobody, saw that coming preseason, which is why with Josh Heupel, they're going to use their whole roster, and you better, you better get ready for the ride because the ride's going to be fun here. Let's go back to our phones. Hello and welcome into our next call. You're live with us on a Wednesday. Hi, you're on the Tony Basilio Show. How you doing, Tony? How you doing, Sean? There he is. And uh, Brian, I just love them cheap shots you always love taking of me. And of course, Tony and I, we're still friends. We will never hey, be Bill, enemies. Bill, Bill, I want to jump in here. I want to tell you. That I had somebody, I'm not going to say who, texted me last night yep. and wanted me to rile you up again because they said it was good radio. Never. And I'm not, not going to do it. No. Nothing but love for you, honey. So, the, so whoever sent it out there, and I know your name, and I appreciate it, but uh, I think and respect Caller Bill, Titans Bill, Random Bill. My good Christian friend, Bill, far too much than to make that part of the show. Well, Cinco jumped you last week, Bill, and I didn't appreciate it. So, Well, let's get to the truth of the matter. 
I would sit here just well, calling hey, 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 Tony, that nothing. Rip, 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 that ain't that ain't the first time he's jumped me. He's jumped right. me two other times. That's right. That's right. Well, the, call, the your calls your calls early, so we'll see how this goes. And, you know, uh, you were bringing you were bringing up TCM, Tony. From what I understand, oh no, I know this has nothing to do with sports. Oh no, but you but you think you think that there's layoffs going on at ESPN. I've been also been reading there could be some layoffs that, that could be going on at TCM as well, well. Here's the issue right now, and all these cable channels are facing it. I have a link up today at tclub.team, an article talking about how over-the-air networks, their coverage is shrinking like never before. People don't even tune into over-the-air television anymore. Many people don't. Many age groups. Radio to some extent, is really fighting that as well. Um, the the landscape and the ability for people to consume where and when they want to has become so profuse right now that things are occurring in media that we just never dreamed possible. So everybody's on guard. And everybody's job, to some extent, is in jeopardy. Yeah. It's like what I told you before about, I believe, the House and the Senate is to do away with AM radio in, in cars, in trucks, and in vans. Actually, it's the and opposite. To me, it's that's the, ridiculous. No, actually, it's the car manufacturers and the, and the government saying, don't do that. It's actually the opposite. Ridiculous. Yeah, but never, never let the truth get in the way of a good story, though. Yeah, because I know, Tony, I know, let's say if you're on your way to maybe the state of Pennsylvania, That's and right. you, you maybe like listening to something on AM, let's say either either a sports talk show right. station. Well, you know, AM radio, Bill, AM radio is still a great feature for safety in our country. Yeah. Because at night, those clear channel stations, which is why local AM stations, many across many frequencies across the dial, have to power down or get off the air at night. And that is due to the fact that during wartime, they need to clear those channels so they could communicate with a citizenry. And, you know, if you stop and think about it, that's pretty next level. Um, and that's why, you know, AM radio, there's a magic in that and how you can pull stations in from all over the country with a strong, if you have a strong AM receiver. And, of course, um, you have IHOC, and you also have... And, and, of course, you have others there. And, of course, you have Sirius XM. What do you think, Brian? Grade Titans Bill's phone call right now, Brian, and I want the absolute truth. And if you don't give him over a B, this call will not continue, Brian. So go ahead. What, Professor Brian Hart, uh, what letter grade is Titans Bill getting here? I'm enjoying the history lesson. I, I'm going to, but I'll have to say that I'll have to give him a, about a uh, somewhere in the C range. And that's why, Bill, you, he's credible. Uh, see ya. 
Back to our phones we go. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Uh, Tony. Yes. Uh, Danny Boy here. Danny Boy, welcome in, brother. How you doing? Hey, you, you got a good discussion here talking about um, w- what do we think will the next balls that are going to pop. Um, there's, there's a guy that I've always thought from the recruiting class of last year, I can't remember his first name, but he's the Matthews kid out of Louisiana, the cornerback. Yes. I always thought he was the guy that was going to pop for me on the secondary. Well, he'll get an opportunity this year. The kids are going to get a chance to play. And whether they're the kids with one-year experience or the kids that are coming right in, right, uh, that will that will be there from the jump in the summer, there's just too much, how do you put this? There's just too much opportunity there. Too much opportunity there. There is. Um, I, the, the BYU transfer, I know he's not a, new, uh, not a new recruit as far as freshman, right. but I, I, think, I think that he's going to provide a lot of value there yep. as well. Yep. You, know, you, you know, on, on offense, um, I think from Mel Keaton has got to be, uh, and I know you know Brew, and then the transfer from Oregon. Mm-hmm. They're getting a lot of a lot a lot of the a lot of the, the talking points. But Ramel Keaton and, and Joe Milton had a had a connection there in the Vanderbilt in the Clemson game. Yep. But I think that we got a uh, that we can't gloss over. And Squirrel Watts, I mean, you, you're going to have to you're going to have a dilemma of, of how you how do you get. How do you get those four wide receivers on the field at the same time? And how do you keep Squirrel White off? Frankly? They don't. That's They're, going to be my question. Well, you and I both know. We've watched Josh Heupel for two years. How are you going to put four wide receivers? They don't do that. In fact, no, in fact, in fact, one of these guys is going to come into camp and about five games into the season, they're going to be pretty disappointed because only three play. That's another thing we've learned yeah. about wide receiver here. Three play. Three play, I and know. it's a meritocracy. I, I just don't know how you keep Squirrel White off the field. It's going to be very interesting. You yep. also talked about the running back position, and it is kind of it is kind of uh, a head-scratcher. Um, that it's more by committee than it is by the guy, it yep. seems to be, in, in Hopple's uh, scheme for the running game. Yes. I will say this much, though. They went out and got the guy from Virginia, uh, he's a, he's a, it's going to be a freshman coming in the 24 class, mm-hmm. and he seems to be pretty next level. Sean was talking about him, the fact that they're gotten, they've gotten bigger. Uh, and our fan base and most fan bases are always going to focus on the guys that get away. I totally understand that. It's human nature. I get it. We get it. We all get it. But that's a really interesting observation about what Tennessee does with their running backs, which is they pull a little bit here and a little bit there. In this situation, we plug you in. That situation, we plug you. And generally, generally they make it work because that's a bright coach who's got a pretty good feel for the game. Tony, there's no doubt. On the way out, I yeah. think what Matt Dixon said yesterday, that Tennessee is already at 1-0 and with the win that happened from the NCAA coming down. It's a great point. Yeah, it's a great line. So 
thank God for that. But always a great call when uh, from from Oilers Bill there. So y'all have a good day and go balls. No doubt about it. Oiler Bill did C level work and he didn't last long because Brian Hartman gave him a letter grade and you see Cinco decided to do a truce and no cheap shots and Brian Hartman gave him a grade. And Brian, you didn't do it in a cheap shot way. You just gave the guy a grade, right? I mean, it's you know, you're Professor Hartman. When I when I ask you to put the professor cap on, and not everybody gets an A in Brian Hartman's class. That's not what this is. But I'll give him credit for bringing up an important historical fact. So the lesson there was pretty interesting. Oh yeah, the AM radio, the AM radio thing radio. is yeah, it's very interesting. Back to the phones we go. So I'll give him points for that. And the the Congress, the government's telling these car manufacturers there's still value in that because there might come a day where people's cell phones die and we have to communicate or people have to be communicated with. And AM radio still has a real value that FM radio cannot do. FM radio, that signal only go as far as the height of your tower and the wattage that you're broadcasting with. AM radio gets up in that ionosphere and starts skipping and bouncing around. America was absolutely at its best where any given night you could turn on that AM radio and listen to baseball games all over the place. Now you got to pay for it on your phone. And, well, XM radio doesn't give you the pertinent information that you would need as well. Well, and again, the thing about satellite radio, Bri, is that you have dead spots in satellite radio. Again, I'm back to this. Let's go back to our phones. And get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Fellas, this is Big R. Big R, what's up? Hey, man, I spent a little time up there in your home state last few uh, weeks, up there in Pennsylvania. Where in Pennsylvania? And, uh, uh, up there in the Keystone, so basically East Tennessee and Pennsylvania, from what I can tell. Place called? Uh, place was called? Williamsport area. Oh, I love there. that area. Jim so Thorpe, Milton. Carlisle, Williamsport, up in that area. Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful area, and boy, they hate the SEC up there. I mean, they—they're they, sick of it. Uh, yeah. Now, what they got to understand is they've always hated the SEC. But what I got this time, and I don't know that they're wrong, is uh, ESPN and the SEC has destroyed college sports, and uh, nothing ever happens. Yeah, I began to think about that. I don't know if they're wrong, Tony. To be honest with you. Well, the Southeastern Conference and, and the SEC are now officially in bed. People yeah. that are fans of this league can't sit there and say there's anti-SEC bias. You know, back in the oh, day no. when they stole Peyton Manning's Heisman Trophy from him, that was anti-SEC bias. That was ABC Cap Cities at the time. F- Fowler and those guys will always deny this, but they flexed on the SEC. That was a flex job by them. If Peyton Manning played today under the way the, the, the current contract, he would get every damn vote for the Heisman Trophy, R. He would win that thing yeah. by a million votes. Yeah. It, uh, I, mean, I mean, there was – they were telling me that uh, – I don't know how accurate this is, but they right. had seen uptick in people supporting some of the smaller schools in Pennsylvania – Becoming more interested in losing losing interest even in Penn State football just by the new NIL and the yep. transfer portal and all of that. You think that's true? 
yes. 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 For my family members that are into college football, you know what they're glad of? They're glad that Penn State raised their hand and said, we don't want to have any common opponents year to year. They were so tired of losing to Ohio State and Michigan or losing or having a really good season and then getting the tables kicked out from under them by Ohio State. Um, and just the opportunity to play a completely different schedule, which is what Penn State's chosen to do. I, I do think I, I think that college football has to get, be careful not to get stale because that is the next step here. This thing can get stale. It's all brand new right now. But somebody yeah. told me about the transfer portal, because I think the portal's really interesting right now. It's really fun in all these sports. But it can I do think it could get stale in time though. I'm I'm open to that, to the concept that it could get stale at some point. You know, another person up there said that uh we were just talking there in the little local area there and they said, Man, if college sports isn't careful, it could be it could go the way of NASCAR. And I think that that has it's probably been made before, but it was interesting to hear people outside of the Southeast yep. and their spectrum. And I said, well, I said, well, you know, well, what is your point? And they said, well, we have pro teams. We have more small schools. There's more There's more divided interests. And uh, <clears throat> it's just an interesting take a little bit on it. I got a friend, you- dear friend of mine who's a professor at Penn State. He's coming down for the Texas A&M game. And I said to him, he's never been to a Southern college football game. I said, you've never seen anything like this. He said, I know. It's why I want to come. And um, he he's from my high school. And we've known each other really since, like, Catholic school, but which is grade school for me. But he, he said, he said, you know, at the end of the end of it all, Tony, I just want to see the spectacle. And that is one thing that this place produces that that place never will. Even Penn State, I mean, he's, I'm telling you, he's a professor there. He knows the gotcha. spectacle of the Southern College football. He goes, man, I want to see the place where the, the boats. And I said, I said, Mike, I'm, I'm taking you to the river on Friday. You're going to get the full yeah. effect. Because when we gather down there at Calhoun's on the river on Fridays before games, I mean, that is so unique. That's why our they can't kill this thing. They can try. They can pull some of the soul out of it, this reorienting of recruiting and some of the things that have gone on, but they can't kill it. They can't. It means too much. I, I hope you're right. I do think the, the game, I, I hate that it's not as national as it once was. It seems to me as if it's becoming just two conferences. Oh, it, it is. Matter. Yep. And uh, I think that's kind of sad. I mean, I know that that's, for right now, it's still above water, but just hearing these folks talk just kind of shocked me a little bit. Uh, it'd be interesting to see. Talk about Joe Milton. Um, I will be pleasantly surprised if he is the starting quarterback by week five. Uh, I, I don't know that I see it. I'm not ready to go there, but like Sean said, People don't want to hear this, but you're dealing with a guy that's that's unproven. 
Um, if I if I hear one more time about how he can throw it over three planets and everything else, yeah. that's great. But wonderful uh, that that doesn't win a dang game no. at all. And here's what's going to happen. People are going to say to me when he comes out and has a great year this year, they're going to say, well, you didn't believe. I don't not believe, but I don't believe believe. And th- th- and those are two different things. I don't, like, I'm not saying, like, Jerry Garantano. I said on here he can't play. I've never said that about Joe Milton. Never. Well, you know, one thing about the bowl game is I felt like, I didn't really feel like the offense had a great rhythm for much of the game. They just had a couple big plays. Yeah, that's right. Which is what this, and which might be good enough, you know? Which might be good enough for him. That might be. But what I also noticed is I still don't think, between him and Hooker, Hooker was looking at different options down the field. Yeah. And I, I don't know, man. I, I think Milton has to, uh, I got to see him go to second, third option a few times a little bit, you know? Well, that's what Sean was uh, saying. I hope, he, yeah. I hope he's great. Sean was saying, when you come to the line, and Sean, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but when you come to the line, you're in the wrong play. Can you get me in the right play? Can you get the ball to the right receiver in the right play? And that remains to be seen, Sean. That's a long-haul thing. That's over the long haul. Well, another thing that's important is that uh, when a kid is, it doesn't matter where he plays, but when a kid is so physically talented like that, they can fall in love with their talent. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's better just overthrow it on purpose than to try to stick it in there because you think you can make a play. And those things just come with repetition and uh, and game time. So we'll see. And and I, I would also suggest that the player that lines up against Virginia might be a totally different player that li- that goes to you know battle at the end of the year. I I, I fully expect Joe Milton to have a progression this year that's going to be positive. I do. What I also don't know is what, what have we got in a close game? What, don't what know. We, you know what I mean? That's where that's where you are in this league. In this league, you have to be able to function in yeah. the last five minutes and get it home. And, and by the way, that's something we didn't know about Hendon Hooker until he got here because the book yeah. on him yeah, was sure. he couldn't close. So the Clemson game sure. was a close game in the fourth quarter, seven-point game. There you go. Oh, That's a good point. Well, you know, thing, well, Joe Milton, you know, there's a narrative that he stepped out of, uh, you know, stepped out of bounds in right. the game. Right. That's true. But what you don't hear about the, in that narrative is that the play before, he lit a guy up in the end zone. The play should have been caught for a touchdown. Yeah. It was. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a, a hugely difficult catch. Joe Milton found the guy in the end zone, put it on him, and it, and it got dropped. No, nobody says anything about no. that narrative. That's, that's a good point, Sean. That really is good point. I hope the guy has a great year. I'm a sheep, and I, I want him to win. Uh, but at the same time, I will be pleasantly surprised, and I sure hope I am. Guys, God, I'm good when I get out of here. Thank you. Somebody else. You know, the whole thing is so confusing, this whole Tennessee experience deal. And I'm making a note to make a note of this in the blog tomorrow. I read a, I read an account from Hendon Hooker, who's made appearances down in the mid-state. Bush Bean's paying him to be down there to walk around and be interviewed by people, which is a really good idea, by the way. Smart on their part. And he went out of his way to say, you know what? I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Jeremy Pruitt. At the same time that story's dropping, 
same time, that's kind of, you know, coming to light. Adam Sparks is unearthing from the News Sentinel, who continues to pour through reams and reams and reams of stuff, that Pruitt went to the NCA and said, man, leave Tennessee. Let them let them let them have postseason. Don't don't do that on my account. You don't need to punish them. And at some point, you know, this whole thing with being a Tennessee fan is such a weird deal because at some point we have to rethink Pruitt. At some point. Back to the phones we go. It, it's just such a weird thing. Because if you don't bring, listen, if you don't bring Hendon Hooker here, this coach can be as good as he wants to be. But the first iteration of Joe Milton we saw on the field, Sean, it was not going to happen under him. It just wasn't. Well, I think that's a fair observation. And, you know, it, it, things like uh, Hendon Hooker is, you know, not to get off topic here, but, you know, the, the, things happen. Like uh, in the story of Joseph in the Bible, you know, you, you, you don't, it, a lot of things don't make sense why it's happening at the time. And then all of a sudden, boom, here it is. You're with a great quarterback developer uh, and you're, Wait a second! You're not the you're not the kid that can't play in cold. Wait a second! You're not the kid that uh, got beat out by Joe yeah. Milton. You're not the no. You, now all of a sudden, it's time for you to shine. Uh, I think I think the best thing that ever happened to uh, uh, Milton is another Milton, Mackenzie Milton, coming on as uh, as uh, you know an analyst or GA. Been in the system, has played in the system recently knows the ins and outs of the system, is a buffer between the coaches, both Halsey and Heupel, and to the quarterback, speaks that language, is still a kid, and is extremely bright. I think that was a genius move uh, that the administration did to bring him in this year. Back to the phones we go. Let's get our next call in. Hello, you're on the Tony Basilio Show on a Wednesday. What's up, Tony? What's up, brother? How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing really, really, really good. So this, I, I think Milton's going to be fine. Real quick, I think Milton's going to be fine. I mean, just kind of like it, it, looking at 120 teams in, in football, college football, like Tennessee's quarterback room is, is the, the least of my worries. Um, it, I, it would be maybe different with me with Milton if he was like a transfer that's coming in. He, he's been on campus. I mean, he's been in the offense. He's been attached the hooker for the, at the hip for the last couple of years. Uh, I, I saw enough in the Clemson game. The guy knows how to run the offense. He, he's going to be fine, so I'm not really concerned about it. Um, what I am concerned about, and I probably it's probably me just I, I'm not, I don't know, but the UTSA game, man. Like this game has worried me like all summer. Uh, I've said since we bought the BYU game out, I would have much rather bought this game out than bought the BYU game out. Um, Frank Harris can play, man. Um, it's been qu- <laughs> it seems like every year there's a quarterback that comes into Neyland Stadium and lights the place up. And good chance he might be the best quarterback, opposing quarterback that comes to Neyland Stadium this year. Um, that's a really, really good offense. They're loaded with weapons. And after the South Carolina last, game last year, uh, they're going to move the ball. Like They're going to move the ball and score. Now, I don't think they can stop us. It's going to be one of the hottest total games all college football next year, but I just don't like where it falls in the schedule. And it's, 
it, it just worries the hell out of me. It should. I, I was trying to, as we were visiting with our USTA guest, it's much more concerning than a decent bit of Tennessee's SEC schedule. And, and people will laugh at us, Lee, for feeling that way, but it scares me a lot more than it does, say, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, South Carolina, those games. This game here is borderline scary because, as you said, you got a veteran quarterback back there that just knows what he's doing. Yeah, he, he can run that offense in his sleep. And it's a, it's a, it's a very explosive offense. And, and like I said, they've got, they're going to put three receivers out there. Yep. To, to, be, to be honest, yep. are probably going to be better than anybody we've got in our secondary. <laughs> See, yeah. and that's the and, thing, Sean, about getting younger. Because the old guys can't. I'm, I'm not knocking them. Those old guys can't run. They just can't. The veteran guys we have in our secondary that we've seen, they're just, I don't, I, how do you say, they're just not very athletic. No, they're not. And uh, they look, they're doing the best they can. Yep. Um, and so I, I don't hate on them. No. If they, if they were better, they would play better. But uh, they're wearing our uniforms, so I support them. But you know what? I think the way, and I agree, it's a, it's a tough spot there, but I think what will happen is that will probably be one of those 7 o'clock games, and there will probably be some kind of gimmick. And I don't mean that in a bad way by UT. There will be a checkerboard. There will be something to generate some juice uh, to get people there at the game coming off the Georgia, uh, the Florida game. Yes. Uh, they'll, they'll have a, one of their alternative uniforms. They'll, we'll do something to do that. And then, but also, you know, UTSA. Well, they may have a great quarterback, but you know, it's still going to be loud for those for those offensive linemen and and for them and, and this other stuff. So uh, there are advantages that Tennessee has, even in a in a you know in a game that should be a, a route. Uh, if we don't take serious, uh, could cause problems. But I think I think it'll be okay. I, I, honestly, I do. I think it'll. A lot of times, those games. I don't think. Um, I don't think it's stuff like Air Force back in the day when Inky Johnson oh. got hurt. I don't think it's uh, Georgia State mm. because I I think you have a I think you have a head coach. Uh, that's not magic, but I think that he has a system uh, that can generate points no, no matter what. And they get uh, UT San Antonio has to catch us because I, I can't imagine they're going to have a Georgia defense. Oh no no no! The game, but the game falls between like absolutely. Here's the deal. I agree. Here's the deal. I agree. Ten- a wholeheartedly Tennessee with goes to Florida. Well, I no, agree. Like to Lee's point, Tennessee goes to Florida, gets two touchdown win, which everybody expects. Now you got to deal with that. Yep. And you have an opponent coming in that you're looking at, going, "That's a directional school. That's a bye game." But that will not play out like a, that. Will that sh- probably is not going to look like a bye game on the field, Lee? Which is your I, point. I do wonder, they can't have played in front of too many crowds like the one they'll see at Neyland. Oh, no. What do you think about it? I mean, Brian, they... They played at, they played at Texas last year. And they ran out of steam yeah. against Texas. Yeah. Yeah, they ran out of yeah. steam. Well, yeah. anything can happen because, I, I mean, I I went to the South Carolina game last year. So oh, my gosh. My fault. It's not... I thought those uniforms we rolled out were awesome. So, it, but, so we'll blame me for that loss. But anything can happen. That was the biggest dud... Total on the football field since Georgia yep. Georgia State. Yep. 
that I've ever seen. So Lee's right. Anything can happen, and that's a setup right there. Um, but I, I do think I do think it's one of those where you get a backdoor touchdown. Nico throws one to put you up seventeen or twenty-one, and then you and then you take it to the house. Yep. Uh, it's also one if you don't come out and play, like you'll be behind twenty-one nothing real quick against those kids. That they can score like crazy. Like it's a ridiculously good offense, and, and that kid knows how to run it. And you like, like bet just, on them it, it, all the time, right? You bet on them because you were talking yeah, about I, it last I year during our winners and losers program. Yeah, I agree. I do think one thing this year. I do think one thing this year is different is that I think the pass rush steps up tremendously for Tennessee as compared to the past couple of years. Nice. Yeah, and I think it's got to because which, like which gives your DBs which gives your DBs a step. Nice. Yeah. See, I mean that, and that's my biggest. I think it's a huge year for Banks, like to get the right personnel on the field and, and to stop teams from scoring once they cross your forty. But yeah, the pass rush is huge because I, don't, I still don't trust our secondary. But you can mitigate that, yeah, if you can get a pass rush. So I mean that that's huge. Like you know, Tony, you were talking about like what are we going to do with these young guys in the secondary? Like I'm with you, man. Like I want to see these young kids play. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I know how coaches are though. They when it comes down to it, they just default to going towards their experienced veterans at those positions. Because you know what offensive coordinators do. Once they see a freshman cornerback coming in the game, where are they going? They're, they're going right at him. Sure. And they're going to keep doing it until you stop him. So sure. That, that's going to happen. At the same time, I want I would much rather see those kids play than seeing some of these other guys we've seen for the last couple of years. I asked myself, so, what does Nick Saban do? If he has got young kids exactly. on defense yep. that can play, they're out there day one. Yep, and, and they'll take their lumps. I mean, they take your lumps. Out, but they'll learn. Sure. So uh, I'm with you, man. Like, I, I want to see those kids play, like, in the secondary, I've seen enough of the other guys that we've had that have been here for a few years. But Well, you're the man, brother. Much love to you. All right. Love you guys. Peace. 865-200-5402. Lee helps us out with our um, gambling uh, podcast that we do entitled Winners and Losers, which will be back for a fifth consecutive record-breaking season. In the fall of 2023. In fact, that's right around the corner. Wow. That's crazy. We continue on the other side. 865-200-5402. More after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons and we run his dealership and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. 
Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. It's rodeo time in Murray County, the 19th annual Murray County Sheriff Rodeo, July 14th and 15th. Gates open at 5.30 and the show starts at 8. As always, kids 11 and under get in free. We have free pony rides, petting zoos, face painting, balloons, and bounce houses, all in our spectacular kids' zone. We have cowboys and cowgirls from all over the United States. Fireworks show immediately after the main event bull riding. Pre-sale tickets are $15 and can be purchased at United Co-op or Columbia Farm Supply. Or at the gate, they're $20. All brought to you by Harness LLC, where we build people that move dirt. Again, the 19th Annual Murray County Sheriff's Rodeo, July 14th and 15th. Gates open at 5.30. Show starts at 8. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Here's Shirley Antonio. Back with you. 
TLD Logistics Hotline. Then we'll go back to our phones. Those of you on hold, stay there. I'm coming right to you. That's a promise, not a threat. Because this is verbal. This is not physical. Aris knows that from my Tennessee Smokies. They're in the midst of a homestand right now. You just heard uh, a second ago that it's all-you-can-eat Wednesday. Nick Saban said that his favorite cake a few minutes ago is carrot cake. And Brian Hartman and Sam Pittman just said what? He said he likes to celebrate victories with a hams beer, but he also said that I burp a lot afterwards. Eris, would you drink a hams beer and eat some carrot cake at some point in your life if given the opportunity? That sounds like something, you know, that the people did, like, on the Honeymooners. Like, what what year are we in, dude? <laughs> like, carrot cake. Hey, Ham's beer, they are the Razorbacks, so Ham's beer would go hand-in-hand hand there. Eris, we're celebrating my kid's birthday. I have twins. This weekend. Happy birthday. To the kids. That's great news. Yeah, to the kids. it's fun. Yeah. It's fun, fun. So... If we were celebrating Aris's birthday, as my uh, late great-grandmother would say in her broken English, birthday, what type of cake would we be getting Aris? So I am Greek. However, nice. the cake that like I always had growing up was chocolate Polish cheesecake. So wow. it's a great combination of the chocolate cake and the cheesecake. And it had, like, little, like, chocolate, uh, like, shavings on the top for a little bit of that crunch. It was delicious. Chocolate Polish cheesecake. Yeah, man. Cinco, you went to culinary school. You ever heard of that? Chocolate Polish cheesecake, Cinco. We didn't get down that far down the list on on a chocolate Polish cheesecake. No. Wow. What makes it Polish? (laughs) <laughs> Dude, I don't know, but that's no, what that's it was, man. How is it different from German chocolate just, cake? Well, it wasn't a real smart cake, Brian. All right, let's move along. Oh, okay. So, Aris. Um, back, back in our day, they would have said the icing was on the bottom. Shout out to, uh, yeah, shout out to all the Poles everywhere. I love you. You know I'm for you, not against you. Uh, all right, moving along. Eris, let's talk. By the way, Eris, are you a baklava fan, you being of the Greek descent? Oh, of course. Big baklava fan. The Greek fest in the fall is unreal here. The baklava is unbelievable. Let's move along. Eris, tell me about this week. We've got all-you-can-eat Wednesday, Wednesday, and then on Thursday. Talk to me. Thirsty Thursday, dude. So three dollar draft beers come one, come all. That's this Thursday. That's tomorrow. Will ham beer yeah. be served in honor of uh <laughs> what is ham beer, Brian? Is that like beer with ham in it? What is that? <laughs> what is ham beer, Brian? And why did you just bring that up? Well, Sean Sean said it was like a regional thing in the Kansas City, which is Fayetteville is close to Kansas City, West My Missouri gosh. region. So that's why you may have never heard of it. Thirsty Thursday. Yeah, Hammond's beer, was, uh, their beer was in like a little keg type uh, thing in, uh, around Kansas City, Omaha, you know, uh, uh, Kansas, uh, uh, eastern Kansas. Uh, I remember uh, going to the Royals games, and they had 
the mascot was the Ham's Bear, B E A R, like Ham's Beer, Ham's Bear. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was the deal. But back in that day, back in those days, we're talking uh, early seventies. You know, a lot of beer was regional. Like Coors was, you know, you could only get it, you know, like in Colorado in that area. Ham's Beer was kind of, you know, that kind of Midwestern deal. Like, well, like a, like uh, uh, Yingling and those type of things were more Pennsylvania. You know what I'm saying? Eris, what's your favorite Pennsylvania, since you're from there, what's your favorite Pennsylvania-based beer, Eris? Uh, Yingling is my go-to. Go-to. Do you like so. it in a, do you like it bottled, canned, or from the uh, tap? From the tap or bottled. Yeah. Laura loves it from the, from. she says it just tastes different from a tap. Is it ro- yeah. Rolling Rock from there too, right? Rolling Rock, yep. Mm-hmm, yep. Yep, I've had my uh, fair share of Rolling Rock. Um, Thirsty Thursday. No Ham's beer will be available, unfortunately. Friday race <laughs> fans. I mean, these hits you do with us. I know you do the hits all over the city and state and all that. I'm sure nobody drags you into the weeds the way we do. Oh, I love it, though. You never know where I'm going to end up. No, you know? no, you're going like to you're, you're get drug into the weeds on this deal. All right, Friday race. napped and just, like, dumped somewhere. It's like, all right, now yes. I get home. So. And Chris yeah. Allen will say, were you guys making fun? No, that was Tony. That was Tony. <laughs> that was not me. All right, let's move along here on uh, Friday. What's going on? Friday, we got our video game theme night at the ballpark, so plenty of fun in between any contest and homages to the original video games all the way up until right now. Uh, to be honest, I'm not a big video game guy. It hurts right. my eyes, you know, sound yep. pretty old saying that, but, yep. uh, you know, but the kids love them, you know, and uh, plenty of adults <laughs> like the video games oh. too, so plenty of fun with that. Favorite video game, Cinco, what is it? All time. Eight yourself. Say that again. Favorite video game, Cinco. Date yourself. What is it? Dude, I never played video games. Oh, my gosh. I used to play my parents, Asteroids. My was so cheap. We had a Pong. Oh. Remember that stupid thing? Pong. I love I Pong. Pong was insane. No, how about, uh, well, hold on a second. I, went to, I remember when I was a kid, I got to go into the city. This is southern New Hampshire. So we go into the city. The kid had, my buddy had cable TV. And he had ColecoVision. Oh man, Coleco. Oh yeah. So, so I had a, so I got I stayed up all night watching Sports Center, which was the the greatest thing at the time. And then ColecoVision, watching playing that football. Oh my gosh, I thought I was I thought I was on another planet. Eris, we had a uh, fountain near our house that people would um, um, toss coins in. Yeah. And me and a buddy would go over there with our with baggy socks as baggy we could get fine like i'd bring my older brother socks over there tube socks basically back in the 70s 80s early 80s and we would steal as many quarters out of there as we could and then take them to this place near our house that had an asteroids machine and they finally said to us we give up what's up with all the wet coins All right, let's move along here. So Friday is video Galaga, game Galaga, night. Galaga. Shout out Galaga. I was a asteroids guy from the word go. Could never break 100,000. Donkey Ur- Urinated me off. Um, deluxe asteroids with the shield, though. Rock you know on. When they had a, remember when they had Pac- Pac-Man and Lady Pac-Man? Miss Pac-Man. Pac-Man's cousin. I used cousin. to always get my... 
I always used to get the palm of my hand pinched on that thing because I, you know, I'd bang, 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 you know, you try to do the joystick. Hated that thing. Um, Dang. that's what complete video game loser. Right that's here. what. Okay, what's going on Saturday? Dude, Saturday is Christmas in July at the ballpark. We have so much going on. We're going to have a jersey auction. Our players are going to be wearing jerseys that look like Elf. If you've ever seen the movie with Will Ferrell, so green jerseys with the yellow oh, wow. uh, trimmings and all that. It's going to be great. We're going to do a uh, T-shirt giveaway uh, as an homage to one of our former players, Christopher Morell, current <laughs> Chicago Cub. First 1,000 fans through the gates are going to get a jersey, so features uh, Smokey's on the front, and then his number that he wore on the Smokey's number five, and Morell on the back. Mm. And I will say that in the forecast here at Smokey Stadium, when you walk in, it might be snowing. So, pretty exciting times with Santa Claus coming here. His sleigh is going to be here. We're going to have a heaping helping of fun on Saturday. Fireworks after the game and everything. Christmas and July night, doing it right here at Smokey Stadium. And that will be Saturday. And if you want more information, it's available where, my friend? Tickets are going fast. Give us a call at 865-286-2300. Or you can visit us online at SmokiesBaseball.com. SmokiesBaseball.com. Eris, you're my man. Much love to you. Carry on. man. Thank you, brother. Carry on, my friend. Carry on. Love. Is coming. Love is coming to us all. Little uh, Crosby Stills Nash for you there off Deja Vu. Let's get our next. Uh, let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hello, you're on the air. Hey, Tony, it's Rusty. Rusty, what's up, brother? Uh, same old, same old. Uh, wanted to, to get into yep. a few things. Yep. Uh, yep. Wanted to see what you found out on the Milton stuff that I asked about. And then, first off, I wanted to bring up, I don't tweet, but like once every seven, eight, nine days. I'm not a big Twitter guy. Mm -hmm. I, I go there to get information, but I don't tweet much. But I did have to, like, quote tweet uh, your, your buddy over at 990 mm -hmm. who took a shot at you and Russell. He was talking about mm -hmm. being on a flight and uh, the, uh, the pilot coming over and telling them that, uh, don't worry about the turbulence that you uh, planes don't fall out of the sky because of turbulence. It's that uh, he said something to that nature, and I just had to quote tweet him and ask him if the pilot mentioned that it's better than digging ditches. <laughs> that poor fellow. You know, um, so I've been texting with Dubsy about that, and Dubsy said thank you for including me in your. Verbal, <laughs> one of your verbal battles, which uh, I read that to Laura last night. We were laughing. Oh. Um, I, and I said to him, I said, Russell, I said, I will defend your honor at any time, my brother. I said, it is, hey. it is, it is no problem for me. To no, nobody needs defending more than Russ, man. Yeah, and, and he told me, and he told me, he said, Tony, but I'm cool with him. He said, you're the one with the issue. I said, I don't have an issue with anybody. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. 
it's time to put a Dodge in your garage. And at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us for all the muscle you need. We have a huge inventory to choose from, from the spine-tingling 2021 Dodge Charger SRT to the 2021 Dodge Challenger Superstock. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Yep, at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, we're flexing our Motor City muscle. You can count on us online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork, and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit TaylorFamilyFarmTN.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people, and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. Gypsy Kings featuring Tonino Baliardo return to Nashville. With a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com. A loud and live production. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.